Hello, and welcome to the Honest Hour podcast. I am Christina Mazarek, your host, and I believe that to be honest is to try to convince someone of your discovered truth of something. Your honesty is your work, your story, your relationships, and your worldview. The Honest Hour podcast is a collective voice of global influences. It is through honest conversations out loud that we can rise together through a more diverse understanding of the world. This is your honesty. Enjoy today's episode. Hey, everyone who's listening to this episode today. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. It's nice to have you here, and I hope you enjoyed this very rusty episode. If it's your first time here, welcome. You're going to learn soon enough what we are all about at the Honest Hour podcast. Let me just start today by saying it has been a very, very hot minute. I have not recorded an episode on this platform since, wait for it, December 2020. I don't know if I was swallowed by the pandemic or what, but I lost all my mojo. There's obviously way more to the story. And because this is the honest hour, I will be getting into all of that. But let me just catch you up with where I am now. I'm sitting here today trying to find all of the nerves and confidence I used to have in recording to come back and practice my voice again. I may or may not actually post this recording. And I have a few podcast interviews lined up in the pipeline that I'm super excited about. But I thought before I get on the air with guests, (laughs) I need to sharpen my pencil and just improve my podcast skills again here. Um, So yeah, where am I now? I am 16 weeks pregnant with my third baby boy. I'm very excited. And yeah, I look forward to what the future holds. Obviously, the baby is not the reason for taking such a long break from recording because I'm only 16 weeks pregnant and I haven't recorded in over a year. Um, And why I am deciding to pick up the podcast hobby of mine again now when life is only about to get even busier is just beyond me. But I've always believed it's true when you say, if you want something done, ask a busy person. And let's just say I've actually been in quite, not a lazy, but a very still present season for the last year and a bit. And it was so, so necessary for my family and for my mental health. And I just believe that no matter what our goals or our ambitions are, we have to listen to our bodies and our minds and the people around us who love us when we're being asked to stop in our tracks or to slow down. I have learned so much over the last year. And one of those things is that it's good to say yes and to be a yes person. That's never been a problem for me. But what's even better is learning that when a no is sometimes a yes. And for me, I've had to pull back in a lot of areas of my life in the last year in order to prioritize the people and the things that were more important, that were sitting on the back burner, and it wasn't a healthy balance. And I take ownership of that. Let me just explain. So where it all started, Um, shortly before I stopped recording completely, I 
a very scary thing happened um, in our life. Um, I've known since my child was about six months old, so shortly after introducing solid foods, my youngest child, that he has a lot of different food allergies. We'd been seeing a specialist and it was under control and we understood the maintenance plan and the emergency plan. I was always told we don't need an EpiPen, that none of his allergies are extreme and he'll most likely grow out of them, but just to avoid the certain foods he's allergic to. So he was allergic to egg, banana, avo, kiwi, (laughs) and a variety of different tree nuts. Um, So we still had those items in the house. We just didn't give them to him and he grew up his whole life knowing that he can't eat these things. So go back to this busy time in our lives a year and a bit ago where we've moved to a new neighborhood. We're still climatizing to our village. Our kids are in new schools. There's been lockdown. Life is unpredictable. The children are learning with masks every four to six months. Like we're suddenly homeschooling again. The rules keep changing. People are becoming polarized. Do we get the vaccine one day or not? You know, all these different things. And my mind was busy and full and crowded and crazy, especially working in the social media world where I'm consuming all these different narratives on polarizing issues and trying to form my own opinions and just really getting consumed when I should be more focused on my family. I My, my healthy coping mechanism became my demise in a way. Um, not that I'm blaming everything on doing my podcast. I'm so excited to return to this really fulfilling hobby of mine, but it will definitely become a lot more balanced than it was before. But what happened during that time period in my life is I made an almost deadly mistake. My son, who was three years old or four years old, gosh, I'll have to go back and do the math, but a young boy at the time, I made both my kids lunches in the rush of the morning and I put tree nuts in my older son's lunchbox and not in my younger son's lunchbox because my younger son's allergic. And then when I put the lunchboxes into each of their school bags, I accidentally mixed up the lunchboxes and I put the lunchbox with nuts into my younger son's school bag. Now he knows he can't eat nuts, but he also knows to trust what his mother gives him. Luckily, his teachers at school also know that he's allergic to nuts and they have the action plan in place for what to do if he starts having the signs of an allergic reaction to some of the foods he would eat, which again, at the time, because of the specialist we were working with, wouldn't ever be life-threatening or severe because she always told us we don't need an EpiPen. These allergies are not that severe. So he goes to school, snack time comes, he opens his lunchbox and he grabs, the first thing he grabs is one of the nuts. And the nut he grabbed happened to be the most, the nut that he is most severely allergic to, a cashew nut. And he ate it. And then his teacher noticed immediately, whoa, 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 you have nuts in your lunchbox. You're not supposed to eat nuts. And he said, oh no, I ate a nut. 
and they were trying to call me and trying to call me and I was at home recording a podcast and I didn't, I didn't see their phone calls. I didn't answer their phone calls. An hour later, I get, I finish recording and I get on to my phone and I call the school back and they explain what happened, but said, you know, they administered his antihistamine and he seems to be fine. Again, we weren't really, really worried because we were told that these were mild allergies. We didn't need an EpiPen just to, you know, avoid these things. And I take him every six to 12 months for a checkup to see how he is doing with his allergies. And over the years, he's outgrown quite a few of them. So I pick him up from school. I go I immediately go straight there. I'm like 20 minutes early. And they say, the teacher comes to the door and she says, okay, don't worry. He's, he's fine. He's quite tired because I gave him like a, a double dose of the antihistamine. I was so scared, but he's absolutely fine. He's breathing fine. There isn't a rash or anything worrisome. He's just quite lethargic and tired from the antihistamine. So let him just finish story time and then I'll bring him out to you. I said, okay. And I wait, I get him. I go get my other son from his school and I take the boys out to lunch that day because we actually also have renovations going on in the house we bought. So it's a total disaster at that point. They started drilling and smashing and it was just, you know, I couldn't even access our kitchen. So I take them out to lunch. I order them their food, no allergies in this food. And I start to notice that my son is, his voice is changing. He's scratching his neck and it looks like a really red rash, like creeping up his chest and his neck. And he starts to become really floppy. And I I didn't understand this. I thought like part of me was like, this is, you know, the antihistamine. The other part of me said, I don't know, this is really worrying me. He doesn't seem well. Let me just go straight home. My husband was working from home. The smashing was going on. I go home. I get them settled with some toys in the lounge. And he starts to go a little bit crazy. He says, screaming, like, and his voice has changed. I, I need to go to the bathroom. And he says this and his voice like screeches. And then I take him to the bathroom. And when I pull his pants down, I see he has massive welts and hives all over his body, going all down his groin, his thighs, up his stomach, everywhere. And he starts to look like he's like going to faint. So we luckily live right next to a really good GP, general practitioner. I go straight to his house. I rush into his rooms. I say, I don't have time to wait for anyone. This is a medical emergency. And he immediately acted. And that was the scariest moment in my life where I sat and held my son's hand while his eyes started to roll back in his eyes. And they put the oxygen tester on his finger and administered him the life-saving medication slowly because it was quite a funny needle and you have to do it in the right way. And like, I wanted to scream at the doctor, hurry up, hurry up. And the other part of me knew I can't rush the doctor. He he knows what he's doing. He has to do this right. So I'm just sitting there holding his hand, trying to keep him awake, saying, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And I just look at that oxygen thing and it's showing that his oxygen count is going down, 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 down. He gives him cortisone. I think I'm not going to get the medication right. I want to say that it's adrenaline. I'll have to, you know, don't take my word for that. It was life-saving medication. And a few minutes later, he's asleep. And then slowly I see his um, 
oxygen count going up again. And he was okay. I knew he was going to be okay. But because they, you know, weren't sure, they had to call the um, medical response team to come pick him up in the emergency vehicle. And we had to go over the mountain to the hospital. And he was becoming himself again in the in the car, awake, alert, stable, functional. By the time we got to the hospital for them to um, do testing on him and all of that, he was alert and chatty and begging for a treat in the hospital and everything was fine. But it was the scariest, most awakening moment of my life where I felt this happened because I haven't been paying attention. I've been so consumed and busy with other things that I haven't been focused enough to be aware of like the most important aspects of my child's needs. I know that it's a mistake any mother can make and I really don't beat myself up about it, but it was a really big wake up call. Um, And then the next thing that happened that was also a massive wake up call is a week later when we go to see the specialist that we'd been seeing to talk about his new maintenance plan, his new emergency plan, and why this happened. And I could go into all of that in another podcast about food allergies. He has a biphasal response to his life-threatening medication, uh, sorry, to his life-threatening nut allergy. So he only had that anaphylactic shock two hours later, which only 20% of people with food allergies have. But again, that's another conversation for another day. The point is we go to the appointment. She says, now we know what we didn't know before. I was like, "Uh, you think so? Like, this is why I always asked you to just give me an EpiPen (laughs) because I thought something like this might happen one day. Um, Anyway, so we get the EpiPens. She's teaching me how to use life-saving medication. This is so nerve-wracking. I am still shattered and depleted from the nerves of what happened a week before this appointment that I know I need, I have to give her my undivided attention to learn how to use this life-saving medication in the event that one day we need it again. So it's actually quite complicated. You have to like, yeah, I don't know if anyone's familiar with an EpiPen, you don't just like, it's not an easy thing. You have to know how to like when to pull the top thing off and where to press it and how hard to press it and the right time. And if you don't do it right, you can have the needle come out when it's not actually contacting the skin and then you've wasted your chance. So I'm giving her my undivided attention to learn how to use this life-saving medication. And she says, don't pay attention to your son. He's like playing around in her office. There's plenty of toys. He's safe here. Just look at me. Just watch. So she's facing me. I'm facing her. Behind her is a window in her office. And my son is just, you know, roaming around her office, playing with the little toys. It is a pediatric allergist office. So it's set up and well, should be solely set up for children. So I'm watching her and learning. And then, I don't know, this instinct tells me, where's my child? Where's my child? Like it's been a few minutes and I look up and right behind her, I'm looking at this window and I see my child literally He'd pulled himself up to a a hip height window ledge in her office. The window was wide open. There was no lock mechanism. There was no screen. There was no wrought iron 
sort of gate protecting thingy there, which is quite common in South Africa where we have a lot of crime. I know a hospital is a different story, but there was no barrier for safety if a person were to fall out this window and we were three stories high and he is standing on the ledge of the window. Once again, my life flashes before my eyes and I see, (laughs) I, it felt like three minutes pause before I actually get to him and get him down. Actually, it was probably only three seconds, but I realized in that moment that I couldn't scream or shout because he might get startled and fall out the window to his death. So I just, I didn't even tell the doctor what I saw. I just walked, I stood up slowly and walked straight to him and got my hands firmly on his waist and got him down and shut the window immediately. And then I let out a huge breath and I feel like I'm about to faint. And the doctor is saying, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. We had to have the windows open a little bit for COVID protocol. And I did like, I don't know how that happened. And I just said to her, I can't even finish this consultation. Like I'm going to have to have a video call with you next week. I need, I need to go home. I get out of there as fast as I can. And the whole drive home, I am crying my eyes out. And it was just this second awakening of realizing that I need to slow down. I need to stop. And I know that some of you listening to this might say, that how could you have controlled that? Like you're being a good mom. You're sitting there, you're listening to the specialist, learning how to use your son's life saving medication. And you know, he's a kid, he climbs up. But I just I just felt to myself, you know, this child has a lot of needs. He requires a lot of attention. He requires a lot of work. And I've just been carrying on like it's not this massive, important task or calling for me to be fully, fully present in his life. Like, I mean, obviously I'm present with my children. I spend time with them. I love them. This child specifically has like been a lot of work. He's been challenging. He's taught me so many things. And recently we've even um, become aware of a few developmental delays in terms of motor planning, which I'll, I'm going to have a specialist on the podcast, um, an occupational therapist at some point, and we'll talk about those things as well. But I just believe that our children teach us so much and they guide us. And I was reminded that for me personally, my children always need to be the priority regardless of what else I have going on and what other goals I've set for myself, like before exercise goals, before podcast hobbies, before blogging, before doing public speaking at events, which obviously hasn't happened in the last two years, uh, before social, my own personal social life, before anything else, my children's needs come first and their needs are going to be different every single day. But I only have one shot at this. Their childhood is fleeting and it's, it's only these years and then it's done. And I can never go back in time and redo it. So for me, that was a really strong calling to pull back from public sharing, from social media, from big conversations on podcasts. And 
it was a year that I needed. I spent the year with my children every single afternoon. I bonded with them together. I bonded with them in different ways. We have a new routine in place that really supports our relationships with each other and their developmental needs and their ability to self-regulate and my ability to recognize um, when they need help co-regulating. It's been amazing and fulfilling and definitely the right thing. I feel really good about it. I also believe like we're in a good space and a good rhythm now that I can carve out some time for other hobbies like this one. And I'm excited to do it again. I think I've gotten to a place again where I really need that in my life mentally. Like I needed it to be out, but now I like almost need it back in because I need my own outlet. And in the last year, I've just, I've been home-based. We finished renovating our house. I made a lot of new friends in the new little village we live in. I'm a part of a fun little book club. We do a lot of local travel still, spend time with each other and with family. And we just try to stay grounded where we are. And that's been amazing and fun. It's also been nice to see the world slowly creep out behind from behind the walls of this pandemic. I know some people would disagree, but I feel like we're moving forward. I'm really happy about that. And yeah, I feel ready to surface again in my other community, my online community. And I have, yeah, because this podcast is always going to be centered around conversations that really speak to me or people that influence me in a positive way, but specifically also about I'll be hosting conversations around topics that have personally interested me in my life. And for me so much lately, it is early childhood development. It is parenting. Um, but I'm going to still continue to try to keep it as diverse as possible. I have some male and female guests lined up. Most of them are South African based. One of them is an author. We're going to be talking about mindfulness. We're going to be talking about occupational therapy and plays, different types of play activities you can do, like ball sports and how it helps gross motor skills, all of that good stuff in terms of the early childhood development. Um, I'll definitely always keep my eyes and ears open to new stimulating conversations. Um, but at the end of the day, everyone who listens has to accept that there's always going to be episodes for you and episodes that are not for you. And take it or leave it. Listen if it aligns. If it doesn't, skip that one. Because um, obviously, I just, with the phase I'm in, I've got to be focused on truly spending time in conversations that are relevant to me. <laughs> I don't have, yeah, space to surface from the trenches of this motherhood thing very much these days. So all the conversations will come about organically and I'm excited for them. I think this is really going to align with our my priorities right now, with my family, with the time I have. And I hope that many of you enjoy coming along for the ride. So yes, that is my little intro. I felt like I jumped a little bit all over the place. Like I said, I still don't know if I'm going to post this. And if I do, it will be unedited because I still have to sharpen all of those different podcast skills on editing. I'm not paying for all the upgraded platforms again right now. Let's just see how we ease into this. Um, but thank you so much for listening. If you're new, find me on social media, uh, Christina Mazarak on Instagram, The Honest Hour Podcast on Instagram. And yeah, 
Let me know your comments, feedback. Have a beautiful day further wherever you are. Thank you for listening to the Honest Hour podcast. I hope this recording inspired you to live in your honest truth. And I encourage you, if you enjoyed the episode, to subscribe and to rate the podcast. If you would like to connect with me online, I would love to hear from you. I'm on Instagram at The Honest Hour Podcast, and my website is christinamazarek.co.za. Thank you and have a beautiful day.